So retracing steps, we went from uh, Merida to Campeche. Didn't do too much in Campeche. Uh, funny enough, just like Aaron and I hadn't done too much in Campeche. Uh, but what we did do was head up to the Fuerte de San Jose. Now, if you remember from the Campeche episode, you've got your Zona Centro, so your old walled town. And then on uh, the left side of that, a few kilometers out of town, you've got the Fuerte de San Miguel, which is the one that Aaron and I went to. And then on the right hand side, you've got the Fuerte de San Jose. So we decided to go uh, this time to the Fuerte de San Jose. Very pleasant, very nice place, thoroughly enjoyable. We only spent the one night in Campeche purely because it felt like there wasn't a ridiculous amount to see and do. Uh, plus we were heading down into uh, the Biosfera de Calacomoro. The Fuerte was good, the Fuerte was very nice. And the bus journey from Campeche down to uh, the tiny town of Spruhil was also quite interesting. Uh, we ended up in a town called es Escaquega, I think it was. Ended up down there. Some beautiful sites uh, near the uh, various rivers, or that might have been Champaton that we stayed in, where there was a, a gorgeous uh, panorama of, again, the evil pelicans on one side, the river on the other side, and then, of course, you've got the Gulf of Mexico that you're looking into as well. Uh, Escasega, really a place in the middle of nowhere, uh, but we had to stop there to let a few passengers off. We got, off, we got off in Spruhil, we booked a hostel there for three nights, thinking that we knew that we would go to uh, the Calakmore site on a guided tour one of the days, and hoping that there'd be a bit of, you know, a few other things to do. We just about made it out alive. Uh, really, I mean, you're talking a tiny, tiny place in the arse end of nowhere, uh, probably famed for being at the head of, uh, you know, a nice crossroads. Uh, right, you go to Shetamal, left you end up in Ciudad de Carmen, uh, north you can head up to uh, what well, eventually you get to uh, Merida, uh, then in the south uh, you can take the road uh, straight down into the Calakmore biosphere and possibly head into Belize and or Guatemala, but I think the road stops in a place called Shakan. Uh, anyway, not a lot going on in Spruhill, apart from the massive, massive meat sandwiches that we had. Absolutely delightful. Options were a premium. We took one day to visit the various uh, zona archaeological sites on the road. So we went to uh, the one in Spruhill, not too far away, of course, from the town centre. Also went to ones in um, Shikana and also Bekan. Uh, in a nutshell, that involved getting a, a one of the very few buses a day up to Shikana, walking from Shikana to Bikan, which is about a kilometre. Uh, then from uh, Bikan, we then got a, a taxi back into Spruhil itself. We booked up to go to Calakmul. Uh, Calakmul is a site that is, surprise, surprise, right in the middle of the Reserva de la Biosfera Calakmul. It's a very famous site. It's on par with Tikal in terms of its building style and in terms of its importance within the Maya world. To get there from Spruhil, it's, it's a, it is a day trip. It's a few hours by taxi. You head off down the main road. You then go down a few other roads. You enter into the, the main part of the reserve itself uh, before you know ending up at the site. So it's a few hours there each way by taxi. We went with... Uh, a guy that was running a, you know, a tour guide that was in Spruhil. And much to our amazement, and again, bear in mind, this is not a, a widely visited place at Calakmul. 
uh, as well as Spruhill. Uh, we thought there'd be a minibus set, uh, a minibus load of us going. Turns out there wasn't. It was only just myself, Lorena and the tour guide. So it was a brilliant day. Uh, I sat back and listened for most of it. Uh, I understood most of the conversations that people were having. But again, getting involved in the language, you know, it's important to sit back, listen, understand and try and converse as much as I could. Also realised uh, about 35 minutes into the day that my Spanish was a little bit rusty. But the Calic Mullets... The Calicmore site itself is fascinating. As always, recommend do some Googling. Google it, see what's going on. That will give you a much better uh, picture of the site than I can describe. But there were two things that we noted in the day. First off, we rather than going straight to the site, we stopped in a part of the reserve which was famed for Jaguars. Or sorry, in American Jaguars. Uh, it's a site famed for Jaguars. And the tour guide, we went for about an hour and a half trek around uh, to try and spot a Jaguar. Uh, lo and behold, we didn't spot a Jaguar, and thankfully a Jaguar didn't spot us. But we did see a, a whole variety of, of, of animals that we weren't expecting to see. Um, I think there were some, I want to say owls, uh, some really random birds. Uh, the, the, the tour guide was loving it. Uh, we were really enjoying it as well, apart from the mosquitoes. And bizarrely, um, the, the guide showed us a video of a jaguar that had eaten a dog and you know nature is nature and i'm sure if you listen to this and you're a dog lover you're thinking how the hell can someone do this let me explain to you what had happened and this was on the video uh, that was about a minute long he said that uh, he'd been on a tour recently and had uh, noted uh, when he was driving past uh, he'd noted that uh, a couple of dog owners who i guess must have been responsible people but hear me out a couple of dog owners had uh, turned up on site and they were exploring the site but rather than go around walking around with their dog they decided to tie the dog to the tree you know on the lead nothing personal decided to tie the dog onto the tree uh, lo and behold whether they had known that there were jaguars there or not we don't know uh, but this video is pretty much the uh, jaguar uh, devouring the dog that really had no chance because it was tied to a tree it's a bit of a sad thing to see but again at the same time i just couldn't believe the stupidity of people as well if you're dealing with an area that's got jaguars don't leave anything to chance and if you're going to go there with pets give them a chance fucking hell uh, it's just absolutely insane that someone would would do that but the guy had a video of, of it happening um, which was fascinating uh, nature is finest as such uh, again the, the site of Callumwell was brilliant um, there's a couple of really really tall buildings there uh, they debate whether they're as tall as the Temple 4 in Tikal they believe it's not but also with a really strong pair of binoculars, you can also see El Mirador. Uh, you, really, you can see that far. You can see the very top of El Mirador, which is in the north, northern remote parts of Guatemala. Uh, yes, Calakmol is actually very close to the Mexico-Guatemala border. So we spent a, a good day there, uh, up, down, up, down, up, down. And also, the good part of uh, being British, you can almost tell when it's going to rain and absolutely hammer down. Uh, that pretty much happened near the end. Uh, the clouds were coming over. It was getting darker. You could tell that it was going to absolutely hammer down. And we were, we were on top of a temple at the time. So we quickly bombed it down, uh, got in the car and drove off. Luckily, we're at the end of the tour anyway. And you know, within about five minutes of doing that, the heavens opened and it made for an entertaining trip on the way home, um, especially as for some reason that the tour guide played a lot of REM 
which is always good fun. And do love a bit of REM. That was Kalak Mordam Spuhil. From Spuhil, we weren't really sure how to get to uh, Bacala. Uh, we knew we had to get into Shetherman and come back out, but the bus times were incredibly sporadic. I mean, you're talking a few buses a day at tops. So that was a bit worrying. That was the only concern I had before even booking to stay there. But we sorted it out. We got a minibus in the morning, took a few hours to get to Shetamal, took an hour in Shetamal and headed up to Bacalar. Bacalar is a wonderful, wonderful place. It is on the Bacalar Lagoon. It's very gringery. And there's a lot of uh, funky bars uh, on the lake itself. You could easily spend a few days there. You know, we, we took a couple of nights there. Uh, we took a uh, we took a boat trip, uh, as is the thing to do. You took a boat trip out on the lake, do some swimming, loads of clear water. Um, it was another it was another beer boat, so everyone turned up with loads of beer in the morning. Got absolutely trashed. Uh, done a bit of swimming in the lagoon as well, uh, which was freaking awesome. And there's also the Canal de los Piratas, so uh, where Bacalar is, although it's on a lake, uh, you could back in the day, gain access. I believe you could gain access to it from the sea. So that the Spanish built a fort overlooking the little channel um, from the lagoon in, into other extremities of Mexico and then off out into the sea. Very well protected fort. Didn't go into the fort. Again, in my head, not happy with the fact I'd have to pay loads of dollars to get in there in comparison to Lorena who would pay nothing to get in there. So wasn't happy with that at all. But Bacala is a very pleasant place. Uh, it's on the, the main road between Chetamal and Tulum, uh, the Route 307. You know, it's a, it's a very nice place to relax without a shadow of doubt. Loads of good places to eat, drink, sleep. So if you're ever in that area, do go there. Uh, the waters of the lagoon itself are phenomenal. Uh, a multitude of different coloured waters. But also on the boat trip, we saw a couple of uh, underwater cenotes uh, which was brilliant because on the boat you would be again you'd be on top of clear water and then all of a sudden to you'd see the you'd see the cenote um under the water and it literally went almost pitch black in terms of the water color if you've ever seen the the big blue hole uh, which is just off of belize you'll understand uh, what i'm talking about uh, so that was that was great to see i uh, just said uh, this you go from this clear water into pretty much pitch black water or extremely dark blue uh, into the absolute abyss. Yeah, just, yeah, f a phenomenal thing to do. Uh, always helps when it's about 30 degrees as, as well. For Bacala, it was a case of uh, getting some Kelectivos. Uh, we stopped very briefly in uh, Felipe Carrillo Puerto uh, before heading over to Tulum. I mentioned that years ago, I wasn't able to make it to Tulum because of uh, knocking myself out on the Bellboys metal, much to everyone's delight. We took four nights in Tulum. We didn't really know what to expect, in all fairness. Uh, it's quite a popular place. You're getting into the side now of the, the Riviera Maya, the eastern side of Quintana Roo. So again, you're talking Tulum, Playa del Carmen, Puerto Morelos, Cancun. You're getting into proper gringo land. You're getting into, you know the USA's playground here. Similar vibe to Costa Rica, I imagine, where there's, uh, with all due respect, too many, too, too many Americans, basically. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure before you listen to this, and we know we've got a lot of listeners in 
the United States. I'm not bashing you. I'm just saying how it is. I'm sure if you went to Spain, southern Spain, Costa del Sol, Benidorm, they probably hate the English being there because that's pretty much where people go for our holidays. So, yeah, I'm trying to give a balanced view there, trying to put things into perspective. Some people love that when they go away. For uh, for Lorena herself, she doesn't like that at all. I'm not a big fan of it either. I think the more you could be around local people and find somewhere um, idyllic, the better. But we stayed four nights in Tulum. The the place itself, I mean, yeah, you're pretty much, it's based on the main road. You've got two aspects to Tulum. You've got the um, Tulum Central, which is basically all a bunch of shops, hostels, hotels, etc., uh, which is based around the main road that runs through. You've then also got your uh, your beaches, uh, the archaeological site, and the uh, your more sort of uh, all inclusive hotels uh, up and down the seafront itself. Uh, Tulum Central is a few kilometres away from the beach. The hostel we stayed at was great. We also found an awesome taco shack. Uh, we went back to pretty much every day. Uh, we also had a, a brilliant um, Mexican grill and some of the meats. Uh, that we had were, were, were divine without a shadow of a doubt. One of the mornings we headed over to the archaeological site in Tulum, again famed for being the one on the beach, so incredibly idyllic. You can go swimming on the beach if you really wanted to. In all fairness, there was a lot of people there, uh, a, a lot of tourists, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just a lot of crap going on. The buildings themselves were, were quite funky uh, because there was a, I think there was a triple height building there, which was incredibly rare for uh, for Maya buildings. Some of the stonework, again, was brilliant, but just too many tourists, and I'm pretty sure people were just there pretty much just to go to the beach, not really appreciating or uh, respecting uh, the site as much as I thought, you know, maybe people could. Uh, again, it's... You know, I think it's one of those things when you go to a place like Tulum or you go to that part of Mexico, you turn up, you have your all-inclusive, you have a nice family holiday, you go to an archaeological site just to say, yeah, I've been here, I've been there. I mean, in, in fairness, and I know that Aaron wasn't there, but he'd probably agree, um, it, it wasn't one of the best sites at all. But we can see why people uh, went there. And we can see why this particular one is attractive. Because again, you're right opposite uh, the sea. And the Maya were not famed for being very good seafaring people, although they had a very good sea trade network uh, because of all the various little small towns and ports that you find along that area. So work that one out. Tulum was also surrounded by um, ancient walls, which is also quite unique in Maya civilization as well. These, uh, most of these walls still intact. So apart from eating loads of tacos and loads of uh, food, uh, from Tulum, our, our time uh, in Mexico, or our time together in Mexico, I should say, was coming to an end. We knew we had to end up in Cancun for flying out, but before that, we decided to have a, a little bit of luxury. So we went to a tiny place called Puerto Morelos. Puerto Morelos, uh, just off the main road. Uh, we stayed in a, a wonderful you know, deluxe suite there in Puerto Morelos, uh, the Rancho Exol, I believe it was called. Absolutely delightful. Wasn't many people there. Um, must, must have been about eight or nine people at a time. Had your own beach, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. But the fun thing that did happen was that the road between... So we weren't in, in the the main part of Puerto Morelos. Uh, you, you got a, a tuk-tuk or whatever it was down into the main part of Puerto Morelos. 
and then you'd have to get a special taxi if you wanted to get a taxi to the uh, ranch the ranch itself reason for that uh, it, that uh, the road was a private road so you know not open to public access but the road also and the road up to the main town uh, loads of alligator or crocodile warning signs uh, crocodiles and stupidly uh, day one when we arrived we checked in we then headed up to Cancun the reason we headed up to Cancun was I was trying to find uh, AD yeah that AD we still talk to each other trying to find him some beers uh, he was after some very particular Mexican beers so we went on a supermarket trip uh, around Cancun to try and find these beers never found them which was uh, upsetting but on our way back we decided to go shopping done some shopping got into Puerto Morelos and we were being charged about six or seven dollars to get a cab ride which must have been about you know maybe two kilometers uh, i thought that was a complete ripoff not happy with that at all so we decided to walk and we decided to brave the road at night with the alligators aside the crocodiles now thankfully we didn't see any crocodiles but within about 15 meters of going past the barrier uh, we did see a I, don't, I can't remember if it was a dog, cat or whatever it might. There was a dead animal, basically, and it looked like it had been attacked uh, quite recently by a crocodile. So we were we were shitting ourselves a little bit for the couple of kilometres down to the Rancho Sacol. You've probably never seen us move so fast in our lives. Thankfully, we lived to fight another day. We didn't come across any crocodiles. Um, but again, heeding my own advice, next time I'm going to get a cab. It's probably a bit safer. I'm going to guess that a car will come out on top against a crocodile. In Puerto Morelos, we didn't do too much. I walked up and down, walked up and down the beach. Uh, the beach extends for quite a few uh, kilometers, so we took a few extensive walks. I ended up watching a. I think I remember the League Cup final was happening uh, between Villa, Aston Villa, and Man City. And again, because of the time difference, I asked permission to watch the football. I'm learning these things now in life. I asked permission to watch the football and it was followed up by actually by El Clasico at Real Madrid Barcelona. So I spent the day uh, watching a bit of football, uh, you know, relaxing on the beach, walking up and down, going to, you know, recommended places to eat, uh, hired a few bicycles from, from the hotel, you know, cycled up and down, bits and bobs like that. And, and that was, that was Mexico. That was Mexico 2020. Uh, again, at the time of recording, as I mentioned to people before, we've got many plans to, um, you know, look to start uh, a life over in Mexico. So it involves moving, of course. I don't know how that's going to pan out, but that's the idea. Just can't get enough of that country. Can't get enough of that area. It really, truly is a, a wonderful area. Uh, I have to point out, because I did forget talking about it, that also when in Tulum, we did take a day trip up to Coba, uh, the Laguna Coba, the ruins at Coba. Lovely afternoon out that was too. And that's, oh, we also saw croc crocodiles there. There were a few crocodiles poking their eyes out of the water in the Laguna Coba. That's again, another great site uh, of ruins there. And that was a very easy trip there from Tulum. And that, that was Mexico. That wall, that was that part of Mexico. Um, it, it took Lorena a lot by surprise. She said that she uh, was taken aback by how relaxed it was, but I guess. You know, when you're in and around Mexico City a lot of the time, that's understandable. It's like if you've ever lived in the southeast of the UK or lived in London, the minute you get out of London, uh, anything is automatically less hectic. Uh, she also was surprised how hot it was. 
which again wasn't a comment I was expecting to hear, but even she reported how hot and humid it was, said it didn't surprise her that most people didn't do much because of the heat. Again, understandable given the fact that uh, Mexico City uh, is well, pretty much based on an old lake, very high up as well, a few thousand meters above sea level, uh, whereas most of Yucatan is not. All I can say is if you ever get the chance to go to Mexico, do go. If you don't really want to go and see loads of sites and that sort of stuff, look, hey, just do what most other people do and fly into Cancun and have a laugh there. Uh, you've also got, you can stay in Playa del Carmen as well, Tulum. But if you like getting out and about and you like doing loads of random things and visiting smaller places and getting involved, I would say a, a route that is similar to the one we've just done there, uh, taken in by the lead, Merida, Campeche, yeah, even heading down to Palenque if you want, uh, Chetamal, Bacala, uh, you can even possibly head into Belize to uh, Tulum. You, know, you could do a big massive circle uh, in that area and it's, you get a chance to do it, you, you won't regret it, it is absolutely brilliant. I look forward to getting involved into other parts of Mexico in due course, uh, you know, heading to Mexico City, uh, San Juan Teotihuacan, a really famous temple complex just to the northeast of Mexico City as well. And that is that. Uh, now is a time to not reflect on things that have gone by, but a time to look forward to. And that involves heading out to the Middle East. Uh, Aaron and I are heading out to the World Cup in Qatar. We're not spending all our time in Qatar, but we are going to head round at the Middle East. So the content you hear from now on uh, isn't necessarily going to be us reflecting on years gone by. Uh, this is going to be quite fresh and up to date content. Uh, we might, maybe we might start doing a few more videos as well. If so, check out the YouTube channel. Have a look out for that. Of course, keep up to date with us on Instagram, etc., with various photos that we share with you as well. So thank you for listening to all the travel stuff for the last year, for the experiences that we've had. Um, I'm sure there are many more and we might you know, dip into them as and when, but now uh, the focus is on 2022. The focus is on the World Cup in Qatar. The focus is on giving you more up-to-date uh, travel things that we're getting up to. And I'm sure our adventures will get crazier uh, and more bizarre over time. And we find that that's a good way to travel, uh, do things uh, that other people don't do, get off the beaten track um, and see random things. So yeah, from next week, uh, the content is gonna be way more up to date. Uh, thank you for that and join us as uh, we will head around the Middle East. I'm not sure what the Arabic for see you later is, but I'm gonna stick with Spanish for now. Hasta luego. <laughs>